Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Chris and Dave's Reality Cast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hello there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Chris and Dave's Reality TV Cast. We are covering Married at First Sight Australia, Season 9, Episodes 5 through to 8. <laughs> For some reason, <laughs> I've written uh, 4 there. Um, so, Chris, we're back again. A little bit later than usual, but uh, where would you like to start, sir? Well, I think we should start with the last two weddings, Dave, of this. So we had Olivia and Jackson, and obviously we had Al and Samantha as well. And I think I want to talk about Olivia because I can relate to Olivia so much. Not to put it on a downer, but her whole story of her fluctuation. I mentioned this before mm. the podcast, my biggest vice, as you know what I'm going to say, is my way up and down, left, right, whatever way I look. I mind sort of overall mood and and even though I'm quite a positive person, quite chirpy, that's the one thing that can just take me down. Jolly. So I, yeah, yeah. It, it just it can absolutely it can absolutely just take me under. You know what I mean? One one quick glance in the mirror or some picture that I've not been able to vet or whatever, Dave. You know, it's like, oh no. So I get it. And I felt for her, and I felt that they as a couple out of the whole of these first eight episodes. They're the strongest couple, Dave, with a great connection, great chemistry together, and they just, just seem normal. There's no, which can be boring as well when you're watching it, because it's sort of like, well, let's bring some of the absolute twats on because you two are just too nice for this. But I think to make the experiment work and to say at the end of it, we have a success, I think they're the most likely at the moment to walk away as a proper couple. Yeah, I mean... I'm convinced, Chris, the matchmakers, they they do have their couples that they're like, you know what, these all fit together really well. And it's based on nothing scientific. It, like if me and you got a, a bunch of profiles through, we'd do as good a job, I think, of matching these people up. But Olivia and Jackson are a couple that genuinely seem to just fit together. They've got such selfless personalities I, I think that might create its own problems no relationships perfect you're gonna have to figure some things out but they just seem to be at the, the the same point in life you know they're both quite selfless people they're both quite family oriented um I, I i just think this is one that that the matchmakers are like all right you know let's uh let's put these together the these will actually work whereas some of the others like sam and al they're just like let's fuck with these <laughs> <laughs> let's put a girl in her late 20s who's ready to settle down and have babies with a fuck boy who fucking loves having a shoey <laughs> oh, Dave, I tell you what. I mean, the thing is, right, they get married and we, and he's there. I know Al, good-looking guy, Samantha, a great-looking girl. Really, aesthetically, they, they look great together. But he starts doing push-ups when they're taking the fucking pictures. And she's like, holy fuck, what am I doing here? What the fuck is going on? And I think his nervousness is just to act like a complete prick because he was just... As the episodes develop, I sort of started warming to them as a as a, a couple. But in this fucking episode five, I was like, oh, oh my God, Al, get off the fucking floor. At least go to the toilet or something and do press up. <laughs> Don't drop to your fucking hands and knees and start uh, to your 
fucking hands doing press-ups there because she was just like, what the hell? But however, Dave, I didn't like her because she kept paying him off. And I'm not saying she should put out because she doesn't have to at all. But I kept Easy. thinking, but, what do you mean? No, no, I don't mean that in the bad way. What do you mean, mean putting like, out? No, I mean kissing him. I mean, like, you know, he was trying to kiss her. <laughs> Probably right, wrong right, phrase right. of words, apologise. But but what I mean is he tried to kiss her a couple of times, didn't he? He thought the moment was right. And she went, no, she doesn't have to reciprocate that. I get that. However, as it went on, I'm thinking, you're just here for the fucking show. Have we got another Beck on our hands? I know selling is the closest thing to Beck at the moment from the last series. But I was thinking, oh, what's going on here? However... I do think it was a barrier thing. And I just, I come away from their relationship thinking these two are not going to last. That is an interesting take. I had not thought really that, that Sam was another Beck as such, but, but I can see why you would say that. I think the reason why I don't think she is, I, I'm looking at this. She's 27. Like I say, they, they look great together, but, Al is basically a man child, isn't he? You know, he's 25. I, I'm going to say on paper, you know, but, <laughs> but mentally, I think he's a bit younger than that. Basically, he's still living and, and being mollycoddled by his mum. And frankly, I don't think his mum's doing him favors and getting him ready for life. You know, she does all his cooking and stuff. And, you know, basically, he just it seems to stroll home, you know, from, from working in the day, like a teenager throws his clothes all over the floor, I suppose, has his tea made for him, all his washings done and ready for him the next day. He's basically, he's a, he's a project. There's nothing wrong with Al's approach to life there, but it is completely incompatible with someone like Sam, who like I say, she's late twenties. The biological clock is a thing. She's she's going to be thinking about settling down, having babies, if if that's what she's going to do. And I think that is. So it, it's just, it's the wrong person at the wrong time of life. She's yeah. These two are not suited, other than, you know, they're both good looking people. They're not suited at all. And I would be amazed if they you know, got over that initial kind of, uh, it's not even awkwardness, is it? It's incompatibility. She she did seem to be warming up to him a little bit, you know, and, and you can see he's, he's like a fucking Jack Russell, isn't he? You know, you could see if he, if he was in the pub and you were having a laugh and stuff, he would be the life and soul of the parties, be a good laugh, be a good mate and everything. But if you are genuinely looking for a partner, and someone to actually, you know, spend the next, let's say, at least 10 years with. Um, he's just he's just not right for her. No. No. I'm with you, Dave. I'm totally with you. I think I think it's it, it's a, been a great journey for like Alan Swan from this point through the episode. So I, I'm with you on that, but I've got to bring up Dave straight away. One of the things that hit me, if we just move on to episode six, is the dinner date. And selling for me is, and maybe it's because the memory, you don't remember it and it's in the past and you forget things because Beck was wicked. And Bryce, Beck and Bryce, I'm not just going in on the, the ladies. Bryce was an absolute prick. Fuck me, Dave. Between selling and, and uh, Andrew, we have got a right pair of cocks. But going into episode six, <laughs> selling, telling the girls, 
I'm not going to throw him under the bus, guys. I'm but. not going to. But <laughs> I'm going to throw him under the bus. And what I'm going to do is be an absolute shit house and get all used to absolutely attack Anthony, whether we agree with what's going on or not. And I'm going to sit there with, a, as Dave, Mr. David Horrocks would say, a shit-eating grin on <laughs> and fucking smirk her way through it because she had Dominica and Tamara fucking laying into him, Dave. And it, great TV, amazing. But she was playing that pantomime villain to a T. And I was like, you absolute bitch. You've got right, that's it. But but as a spectacle, I was like, she don't give a shit. She does not. And as soon as Anthony apologized to her again, I was like, you dick. Everything she's just done and all the things that them girls have done to go at you, she's going to justify that in her head because you've apologized and given the ground up. And I'm like, you absolutely, I know he ran away, probably shouldn't have done that, but where could he go? We both discussed that last time. What an absolute joke, but what what an episode. Uh, yeah. I, selling came to that dinner party with a proper fuck you dress on, didn't she? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with her fuck you boobs almost hanging out of her dress I, there. I, I believe came... there was a slip, Dave. I believe there was a slip. Oh, really? across. I believe so. I didn't see it, but I believe I saw it online, people saying that. I was there a slip there, but I'm not. All right, all right. I've not paused um, it or anything to see that. But anyway, carry on. E email us at cdrealitycast.gmail.com. <laughs> it was David, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, did, I didn't see that, but I... You know, Chris, in, in The Bachelor at the minute, we've got a cracking villain, haven't we, in Sinead? Um, yeah. And the thing the thing is, I kind of like her because she is such a villain. She is such an absolute bitch. But when she's talking to the camera, she's letting us in on the villainy of it. And, you know, she's she's telling us that she's going to fuck around with people. And then so when we see that uh, she is fucking around with people, it's like, well, she knows exactly what she's doing. Whereas uh, selling is a little bit too close to home for me because she, she's gone into that party and it is so manipulative what she does with, with the other girls. She's basically painted this one-sided picture of this you know uh this guy this typical man who just you know walks out on the honeymoon just leaves her high and dry she's not done anything chris he just walked off and so she's wound the girls up so by the time he sits down he's got no fucking idea but the lionesses are circling him licking their lips just waiting to fucking pounce on him and I just found it so manipulative. And the fact that she seems to be oblivious to her role in anything is also a bit close, too close to home for me. Uh, and I just, I, I just can't stand her. I think she is the worst. I think she, she's worse than Beck for me. Yeah. She, I, I honestly think she is the worst person. I think I've seen on Married at First Sight. And I am agitated that Anthony keeps going back and he, he keeps trying to salvage it. He keeps trying to, you know, uh, apologize for his role in everything. And uh, even saying I, I, I shouldn't have walked out. I'm like, she was being a complete C next Tuesday. You had every right to walk out. 
know? yeah. but that is all forgotten and i know i'm fast forwarding a, a little bit you know to the to the last episode or episode eight but she doesn't seem to acknowledge that she had any role in this at all and the, no. and the fact that anthony didn't just get up and walk out on his own accord and then she's badgering him and badgering him and baiting him and then eventually and says i haven't done anything wrong and then he walks out again and she's like oh see that's why we're not together and i'm like oh fuck you i honestly chris she genuinely had me really fucking agitated watching all of these episodes i think she's the worst brilliant tv but yeah what an absolute see you next tuesday she is day but again I stick by what I said. If we didn't have characters like her, we wouldn't have a show, would we? Me and you would no. not be able to talk. We wouldn't be. And I'm with you. I, I That's what I was saying. I kept thinking, was Beck worse than her? Am I just seeing this through rose-tinted glasses? Is it because we've had that separation from the Beck character? Is it just, you know, because you're seeing it fresh and you're like, oh, my God. But I'm with you. I think the problem is we've we had Beck, who was very aware of what she was doing. And she was just mm. doing the old bat think, let's deflect everything because I'm having an actual relationship with someone else. I'm purely here for the screen time. It's totally proven right at the end of this. With selling, I don't know what it is, but it's like she's never, it's like she's gone through life and no one has told her that she's wrong, Dave. You know, that behavior yeah. is just normal. And that's obviously why she's single. And I saw articles online saying like, fucking a little bit. Her baby daddy's like, thank fuck, I'm not there sort of thing. But I will, not just to go all in on her, Dave, but I have an also a massive issue with Andrew. As it's gone on, oh, what a what wanker. What a horrible, dick. a horrible man. And I've got to say, Holly, the other big, you know, bust of that, but Holly's mum, when he walked in, we was, I called her out, then I was like, it's a bit fucking presumptuous to call him and blah, blah, blah. As soon as he said he'd slept with 350 women, I was like, or 350 partners, he never said men or women. Don't fucking believe one minute of it, Dave. Fucking 350. He's like, well, it's one a week. At 52 weeks in, I'm like, fucking kiss <laughs> One a week. He's not, he's not one year old, though. <laughs> fucking nonsense, <laughs> in it, Dave? What an absolute... I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it, look, Chris, we've talked about a few motivational speakers on this show haven't we <laughs> and none of them in a positive way he's a fucking motivational speaker he's blagging his ass off fuck knows you know what he's actually doing whether he's slept with I, uh, to be honest chris i'm pretty sure i called this out last week and i said he's a fuck boy yeah. and he's just validating it there so i whether it's 300, I mean, Chris, fucking hell. Surely after, I don't know, 20, you stop counting? I mean, fucking hell, 300. All right, or let's give, give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's say 100. Like, you can't surely remember all of those encounters. You have to keep a log somewhere. You have to keep a little Excel spreadsheet or something. And I'm wondering what other columns he's got on there. It's like, oh, you know, <laughs> I was here. Uh, her name was this. Her name was Lola <laughs> or whatever, you know. Uh, 
she got a nine out of ten. You know, I I, I don't know. I, I just that number. What it did shock me a little bit. But again, it's like, what have you fucking come here for? I, I well, apart from the fame and and to you know promote his motivational speaking, I guess. But yeah, Chris, I, in in the same way that selling is gaslighting Anthony. You know, selling is just saying I did nothing wrong. Everything that is wrong with the current situation is Anthony's fault. Andrew is gaslighting Holly, and she's, despite some of the horrible things that he said to her even last week, basically saying she's shit in bed. <laughs> like, that she's so worse cool. than fucking a one night stand, right? She still keeps coming back for more at at the um, at the dinner party. You could see, like, with the body language, she's leaning into him. She's got, like, a, her arm on his leg. So she's still being quite affectionate with him. She's con- continually giving him the benefits of the doubt. And then in the fucking, you know, uh, challenge where you have to rank everyone, eventually they get, oh, no, it was your deepest, darkest secrets, wasn't it? It, it was that yeah. thing that sort of got him thinking. And, and then... You know, they get into this argument, but he just keeps constantly cutting her off, not letting her finish a fucking sentence. And she's getting more and more wound up. And eventually she snaps because he's constantly undermining her, cutting her off. She loses it for a second. And then he's like, right, I'm walking out, Holly. I'm not listening to this. I'm not here for to be screamed at. It's like, look, you fucking dick. You are pushing, pushing, pushing. You're not fucking listening. You know, you're obviously not a motivational fucking listener. Um, you know, and, and I just think, what a horrible bastard. So, yeah, Andrew and Selin are my fucking, are in my, uh, oh, what is it? Target sites. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. <laughs> they are fucking pair of twats, you know, and, you know and hopefully they couple up. <laughs> <laughs> I said the same. Them two should be together. Selling an Andrew, honestly, I put like my notes. It's strange, but, strange but conversely, Chris, you know, again, this is where this is why I think the matchmakers are fucking with them, you know. And I, I said last week, you know, Anthony is a bit, you know, with his fucking feeding, attempted feeding of selling. I'm like, here comes the aeroplane. Would you like me to? <laughs> Uh, you know, it gets a little bit fucking much. Um, do you know what I think Anthony would be a, a better match for Holly? Um, yeah, <laughs> I think Anthony's got better. Anthony's got you know he's got one daughter. He's obviously not with the the daughter's mother. Um, Holly's desperate to have kids. You know, Anthony seems that very warm, kind, nurturing sort of person. It's not fucking rocket science, Chris. Anthony and Holly are a much, much better match. And, you know, it would be fucking funny to see Andrew and Selin because I don't necessarily, you know, they're just a couple of dicks and, and you know, uh, he'd probably only be satisfied with a with a mirror. Um, but, yeah, they, they'd be a better match than than the pair that they have matched with. Yeah, and you know what, Dave? I think you've you've hit on a great thing, really, is I've always, not that fancy myself, but you know me, got a big gob, like to go 100% into these things. And I've listened to motivational speakers, and there's a time there, all my hands up, where I was thinking, you know what? I could get up there and bullshit anybody and you give them the, you know, you need to believe in yourself speech. 
And you're right. It's like, is him, Andrew, being a motivational speaker, is that like the Australian version of the guys from fucking Love Island being models when really they work for fucking, and there's nothing wrong with that, they work, you know... Uh, proper jobs subway or wherever you know wherever they work and there's no judgment there at all but they say like oh, i'm a you know part-time model or whatever and they're, they're working for a catalog company or something like that. they make it their glamorous i just because when we watch the american stuff they all say the real estate agents don't they now that might give you the flexibility to mm. have this reality tv thing and be a real you know real estate agent because that's like when I did like the TV stuff here, a lot of the people who were extras were like painter and decorators. They, they worked for themselves or they were drivers or, you know, basically they could drop mm. everything and say, yeah, right, yeah, tomorrow yeah. I'm working on this show. So it doesn't matter what I do. I'll speak to the, and that, so I don't know whether it's that, but he is not doing himself any favors because he couldn't fucking motivate anybody that fucker. And as it's gone on, it's just become more toxic. And you're right that he talks over her. Holly's whole demeanor has changed as a person. She, you know, she wants a baby. And like you say, to tell the girl that basically she's shit in bed and he's had more fucking affection and feeling from one night stands is a disgrace, Dave. You, It's a disgrace because at the end of the day, every single person, you know, myself included, we've had nights there where you've not performed at your best, Dave, not at your peak performance. You go in there like Dirt Diggler and you come out there like the fucking Willy Wonka or something. You know, like you... <laughs> <laughs> what an analogy. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. But any... <laughs> that makes no uh, sense. Anyway, but you know what I mean? Like, he's saying she wasn't... All I can think is of Gene Wilder on the job now. <laughs> I've got a golden ticket. A big, that big smug grin he's got on his face. <laughs> but no, but he's, that's a terrible fucking analogy. That I've got to call myself out. But maybe she's not into it because he's a fucking cock, you know, literally a cock. And she's like, what am I doing? You know, like it, it, I felt so sorry for her, Dave. I must admit, I know she went. Uh, you know, she raised the voice, had a go at him. But at the end of the day, you've got, she was trying to get a point across and he was not listening. He was yeah. being a knobhead. And it just like you say, gaslighting 101. And I just was like, the same as you, Dave, thinking, Anthony, Holly, get them together, Andrew and Selling, and let them two duke it out because that would be amazing mm. TV. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do think the best gaslighters, Chris, are ones who just do it, uh, naturally, you know, because he walks away from that conversation and he's like, oh, well, we were just having a conversation and she just screamed at me out of nowhere. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, no, that's not really what happened though, is it, mate? So, yeah, just absolute prick. And, and like I say, further evidence, Chris, that they just, uh, the matchmakers just screw with these people. You know, the oh, what was the, from the English married at first sight, there was the girl who was, um, you know, again, similar age to Holly. And they put, in fact, they did the same. Oh, Chris, I bet there is a Married at First Sight playbook. I can't remember her name, but she had like long, dark hair and she was with Josh. Um, And she was just getting really annoyed with him. 
and he was just the fuck boy. And remember, Morag said uh, he'd slipped into her DMs. Oh um, yes. Um, oh fucking hell! Yeah, it's she not was. Katie, is it? No, she was like um, a TV pundit for sports channels. Once she used to be a glamour something model. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was a glamour model. I can't think of a bloody name. She was a glamour model, and then he he was a dick with her, basically, wasn't he? And then oh yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. No, he he said something straight up. He was like, "Yeah, I have been a bit of a player in the past, but I think now it's time to get married." It's like, yeah, I don't think you just switch that stuff off. Yeah, <laughs> Is that when your agent so, rang, yeah. But, but she she'd had a, a you know a really tragic story. You know, she she'd miscarried. She was desperate to have a baby, and they just put her with this fucking fuckboy, and and just watch the fireworks and create great entertainment for us all. This is the same thing. This is the exact same formula, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That. I've never thought of that because we can see it with Bachelor, can't we? You can see it a mile off what's going on. You can absolutely see the playbook 101, what happens and the baddies and goodies. But we're not. We're, we're new to this franchise, aren't we, Dave? A little bit mm. behind the Bachelor series. So, oh, the Bachelorette as well. You could be right. I mean, I, I think, like, as it goes on again, though, Dave, we get the let's rate everybody game, don't we? And I'm like, <laughs> and it's like, Samantha does it with Al, not my type, says it, you know, really, some of the things she said, Al was gutted, one of you was sort of like, I'll put you in the middle. I like older guys. And she had Andrew at first, and I'm like, fuck me, you've making a right fucking mistake <laughs> yeah, there. You've what you wish for absolute there. donut. Um, selling, put Anthony in the middle. You know, again, I was—I think she had Jackson at number one. I was like, well, she's never going to put him at the top. She, and it, she just wants, she's got the knife between his shoulder blades there and she's just twisting it just to make sure. She can't put him as at the bottom because that would be too obvious that she's just trying to hurt him. Uh, but in the middle, you know, does the job as well. But it leaves it, it makes it seem like a genuine decision. Whereas that that is still, she's so hung up on the fact that he left the honeymoon. And actually, Chris, it doesn't matter what Anthony does from here. He'll always have done that. Nothing happened before to lead up to it. Nothing's happened after. Everything will be anchored for that from that. Yeah. And, and there's just no future for them to. No, I agree, Dave. And I think as it went on, selling was even worse. She was so rude when they were playing that VT of Anthony and he was talking and she sat there on a fucking phone. And at the mm. end of it, she looked at the camera and went, is that it? And I'm like, I was like, oh my God, me and Sam were fucking fuming. Like what a horrible person. And Andrew had just took the title at that point of being a complete cock. And I was like, <laughs> oh, selling you are horrid. Absolutely horrid. And that carried on again. But then... I don't know about you, Dave. I tell you, we were always fuming with poor um, Cody. Not poor Cody. Cody's a cock, but he never reassured Selena, Dave. You know about, and she confronted yeah. him about saying, like, "I'm Asian. Have you got a problem with Asians?" And he sat there, like, and I'm like, "Oh, mate, oh, mate, what are you doing? You fucking racist." At that point, I was like, "Fuck me, he's racist. What's going on?" The way he framed the episode, I was like, "Oh no." That was awful. That poor girl, Dave. And she's 33. And obviously she's had to fight for this sort of thing her whole life. I was like, oh, this is a terrible mm. mistake. As much as we had Andrew and Selling just being obnoxious pricks, 
that was the point where I was like, oh, Cody, you may have just stolen the title of being the worst person on this show. It was terrible for me, that. I'm conflicted about this couple, Chris. So I agree, Cody, just his whole demeanor comes across like a, a bit of a creep, uh, to be honest. He's, he's like Brett. Is it Brett or Brent? Brent. Brett, wasn't it? Brent from Brett, the, sorry. the last yeah. one. Yeah. Whichever one it was, the guy with the tash. Um, yeah. he, he comes across like a creepy version of him. <laughs> and I just, I, I don't like a, a lot of the things that he does. I didn't know, though. I thought <sighs> the way they set it up there, it's like, do you not fancy me because I'm Asian? It absolutely comes across like, basically, are you a racist? And if I go in your drawers, am I going to find fucking a, a, a white hood kind of thing? You know, are, are you a massive fucking racist? And, and I kind of feel like that's a bit unfair because he doesn't, he clearly doesn't fancy her. And then maybe, you know, she looks the way she looks and she does look Asian. I don't think the fact that he doesn't fancy her and he doesn't fancy those Asian features, I don't think makes him a racist. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They definitely yeah. painted him out to be one. But you're allowed to fancy who you fancy. Uh, Surely. You know, no, Dave, I'm with you on that. I think the way they framed it on the show left it in a really bad way. He looks, it was a bad look on him. Now, how that plays out across the next few episodes, I don't know, but I just felt it, it was like, oh no, you're playing that angle now. And it just went off, you know. I was but like, but oh, exactly, it, it's been edited yes. to make you yes. finish the episode thinking, you racist piece of shit. Yep. You that's fucking what I felt. get him off the, cancel this fucker, you know. Yeah. But that's that's because of the editing. Not because of him, really. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm honestly, it's weird because we call out the shows and the producers of these for 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 this sort of thing, don't we, Dave? You know, the framing of things, and then they build it up into something. I just felt that Selena's right to call him out, ask the question. I think you're right. What you're saying, you you like who you like. But that was just bad the way they did that. That's not something you leave hanging, Dave. That's something that's explained in the next scene. That mm. if he is, then fuck him off. He's a he's a wanker. He deserves to be kicked off. But if that's not the case and it's a miscommunication or whatever, then explain it. Don't leave it till the next night mm. because social media can bury somebody like that, Dave. That's my only that's, issue with that. I, I, and that's my issue with it. The way it's been edited together. You leave that episode thinking you are a racist piece of shit. Yeah. And it was only after sort of digesting it, I was like, well, surely he fancies who he fancies. I mean, Chris, he's bloody stunning, so he's a fucking idiot. Let's let's have that right. Is, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I, I do feel like, you know, he has been set up a bit there. But um, I mean, the the jury's out a bit on that one because he, he, he in the next episodes, you know, he might prove himself to be or not to be. Um, let's see. That is the oh. question, as the saying goes. 
I thought you were going into a full monologue then, Dave. But um, no, and I think I think for me that you know that is the five to eight in a nutshell. These these roller coasters all over some proper knobheads going on in in these couples. But great TV, just it great. is great TV. I love it, Dave. I love this show so much. It's it's fast becoming one of my favourites. I just. I sat there and we talked about, and I was the champion. Well, it, for, it was your favorite the last season we watched, so it's, it's been downgraded, it seems. No, no, I, mean, <laughs> I always love Love Island, don't I, and everything. And The Bachelor's been good viewing this series as well. But it has, it I, has. I, I think what it is with this is like, we, I was like, we need older people, not these bloody kids who are on some Instagram. <laughs> older they get, like 38 year hungry. old fucking motivational speakers. Yeah, yeah, yes. that'll be good. Yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> He's fucking worse than anything we've seen on Love Island, you know. So it's like, it it's careful what you wish for. And I think they become more desperate as they get older, Dave, for that fame, for that, you know, that time on the TV. So, so I just think this has the right mix for me. It's got different age groups, different couples. I mean, Ella and Mitch, who I thought would be the first couple, once that, and you mentioned it, you're right, that physical attraction goes out. Mm. They seem to be strong. They seem. There's a couple of things Ella's questioned about his depth and. I, she's asking more questions, said she's more intense sort of thing and all this, but they're going well and they, they mm. look great. There's a great chemistry together. I've, I've got nothing to doubt them on, on and I think they're, they're probably second. Oh, I'll tell you who I do want to talk about, Dave, before we go, is um, Tamara and Brent. And when, yeah, yeah. when we got the video of like Tamara talking about like, people who oh my god so so i am really intrigued as to what you think about this so so what what do you think about that whole bit where you know she's saying you know she wants to make sure someone has a car and all that sort of stuff and brent obviously didn't didn't take that too well but what what do you reckon well first episode we both talked about it i thought she's going to be the villain We've got Beck, me and you are messaging each other. I'm like, oh my God, we have got another Beck on our hands. As it's gone on, they've got great chemistry together. She's, she's let her walls down a lot. I think that's a defense mechanism and she's genuinely yeah. into him. And as it's gone on, she's ashamed of what she said. And I, and I don't know whether something's happened in the past or what, but I think they're really sweet together. And he puts her in a place if he needs to, and she does the same to him. And that's what you need in relationships. So I'm, I'm sort of hoping that they come out the other side because I think there's a really, really nice connection there. Yeah, but I think Brent's Brent really got turned off by the the fact that she was saying that you know a, a potential partner would have to have a nice car and whatever, and he just saw that as just you know she's just very shallow. Uh, she's only looking at someone who's got you know. Uh, possessions and things like that and you know probably the guy's just lost his business through bloody covid hasn't he so he's, yeah. he's probably feeling a bit vulnerable it probably hit the right nerve at that moment in time but i mean what what i was getting at is i think it it did come across like she was being a bit shallow but you know she did go on to explain well she's she's been with someone where she's had to support them you know, and, and so she wants someone. She's worked hard. And so she wants to be with someone who isn't just going to take advantage of her working hard and just, like, cling on to her. 
So I, I, I think the, the fact that, you know, if you're saying someone's got a nice car, yeah, I, again, I, I, I can't say I'm 100% one way or the other, whether I, I completely dislike that sentiment or, or I'm behind it. But I think what she's trying to say is if someone's worked hard themselves to be able to put themselves in a position where they can buy that shit, then, you know, they'll probably be more compatible. Whereas if someone's on the on the dole or whatever the Australian equivalent is, that she doesn't want to be in a position where she's just supporting that person. So I I, I thought what she was saying was valid, but it did come across pretty shit. Mm. I think you explained that brilliantly, Dave. That's exactly how I felt at the end of it, the end of the eight episodes. I, I think I'm with you. And she was genuinely really, really embarrassed and toe curling once she was like, oh, fucking hell, you know, and Brent was a bit pissed off, but. I think she's a sweet girl, Dave. She came in with all this bravado and this, you know, high-powered executive, which she is good on her. She's obviously got a great job. But it, the walls were down. They were laughing and joking. I think when she did the feet thing to him on, like, episode three and put him in his face on the bed because he hates feet and all that, <laughs> you wouldn't do that, would you? It was like a proper connection there. So so I'm with you. I'm sort of hoping that they come out of this and and – Everything works for them. Mm. That won't work, Dave. But um, yeah, I, I, the jury's still out for me. But definitely, I'm more positive about this couple than I was in the it, definitely in the first few episodes. The thing that really had me thinking about Tamara was actually the dinner party. So after Selin had wound up the girls to basically rally behind her and do all of her work, so she just has to sit there smiling while people tear into Anthony. And we'll get on to Dom- Dominica in a minute. But um, Tamara was actually a lot more balanced. She was saying, well, you know, uh, Anthony, can you give your side of the story? Whereas Dominica didn't give a shit. She was just like, yeah, you fucking piece of shit. You walked out. What, what possible excuse could there be for that? So I, I, I was impressed by that to be honest, more than more than any individual interaction between Tamara and Brent. I'm not sure there's a massive connection yet, but there's something small and growing. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Dave. But go on. What were you going to say about Dominica then, Dave? Oh, what a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to be so, so good together initially. And then it, it played out over a few episodes. She's got the ump because she, I'd, I'd never heard this before, Chris, because she can't get a root. Did you notice that? <laughs> nope. I, I'm assuming that's a, a shag or a fuck or whatever. Um, but then it comes out, you know, she's been throwing all these signals out to Jack and he's been oblivious. Comes out that she's on a period, Chris. And Jack is saying, like, well, you know, in previous relationships, that's just been the thing. You know, we don't do it when, you know, the the lady is ovulating. So I don't know. I just she was really put out by it. And she was interpreting him staying away as just like he doesn't fancy her. But I don't know, Chris, I, I thought it was a thing. You just didn't do it like at that time <laughs> shredding on ice here Dave. so <laughs> just, i'm, I'm yeah. just I'm so just anyway thanks for here. listening everyone thanks for listening i just here. Um, 
I, I, it had me questioning. I, I'm sure. I don't know. Fucking, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on, Dave. Very fucking, <laughs> so fucking, literally is a hole we don't so, want to fucking talk about. Listen, Chris, <laughs> at the end of the day, some some people do, some people don't. That That's the thing. But she comes oh. across like she's so fucking opinionated. She doesn't actually just fucking listen to what the other person is saying and sees that perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to be funny, but it, I mean, it was. I agree. Oh, I missed no, that. you missed that completely. <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, I'm with you, and I must admit, Dave, I'm not sure about Jack anyway. But I didn't like the real bad taste. Was Dominica going at Anthony because what it reminded mm. me of is that situation where you have your friends. You know, your partner has her friends. They tell you know they tell each side of the story, and I've been burnt on this. And I'm sure everyone listening has where. You get told a story by one of your closest friends or family, and then you get the other side of that story, and you think, you know what? Someone's fucking wrong here. Yeah, I always yeah, say yeah. now, I've learned the hard way. I've gone, I've done a Dominique, and I'm sure you have. I've gone to bat for my friends, family, and then when it's come out, you look like a complete prick, basically, because you're like, oh, dear, I look like a knob now. But you're only going off one bit of evidence, aren't you? And that's... That's what they did. They just took that selling was not bullshitting. And I, I, look, I hope down the line that they see what she did to Anthony on the VT or something happens. <laughs> do, and, and you know what I mean? Do you think potentially on this reality TV show, <laughs> they're going to see what actually <laughs> happened there? Let's, let's <laughs> I hope so, Dave. I definitely <laughs> think so. I, I, mean, I mean, sometimes they give him a bit of an easy ride, don't they? But uh, I don't know with this Aussie one. I reckon they'll show some of that footage. And yeah, uh, I, I, I fucking hope so, at least. <laughs> I do. She, she deserves it. And Andrew both deserve it. But anyway, Dave, cracking, cracking episode and uh, to talk about me and you. I love it. Absolutely love it. And what a great series. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, guys, at CD Reality Cast. If you want to email us, cdrealitycast at gmail.com. And if you do get a chance, got a couple of minutes, please get into your podcast catching app and drop myself and Dave a review on the show. It really helps us get up them charts, and we love it, whether it's good, bad, whatever. We always read them out, and Dave loves it if someone's actually absolutely slating <laughs> me. So that, that's even better. So also if you want to support us a little bit more get over to patreon patreon.com forward slash cd reality cast big thank you to all our patreons past and present it's really really humbling we say it every episode but we genuinely mean it thank you guys so today's roll call of honor is kent gustafson lucky lulu green lauren hennessy susan priscilla dd katie libby helen joanna zoe amy noreen brianna helen keith and michelle so thank you so much guys it's really, really good here to support the show. Uh, Dave, this show is getting better. I know we've got the batch in the background, and I'm looking forward to that because we don't know what the hell Sinead's going to do next. So that'll be a great review, which will be out in the next couple of days. But this is just top-tier reality fucking bullshit for me. I love it. Yeah, and, you know, we, we've, in the past, we've criticised The Bachelor for being formulaic. But... I've got to say, Chris, the formula for this series, I love it. And, and you know, I'm kind of, when did we get the dinner party? Was it episode six? 
I can't remember if it was five or six now, but you know, I'm I'm kind of longing for the next one now. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> just this is all filler. Let's just get to the next dinner party and then see what you know what else comes out of there. So no, I, I think it's absolutely brilliant. This this is probably my favorite. This for me trumps all the other things. It trumps Love Island, uh, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Love is Blind, Too Hot to Handle. This is the best one for me. Yeah, I'm with you, Dave. Brilliant. I think any of our UK listeners, um, it is available. I think it's a, it's coming out this week in the UK, Dave, which is good news. I think it is, yeah, yeah. So um, sometime sort of mid to late February. So uh, so that's good because there, there was months between last time, wasn't there? Oh, hey, Dave, it was about four months, I think. I think it was like May. It finished in Australia, end of May time, and then it came on here in October. We finished it just before Christmas, didn't we, with the bachelor, uh, Bachelorette, sorry. So, yeah, good good news for everyone, really. I guess it, it shows how successful it was, if yeah. anything. Yeah, no, amazing. Anyway, mate, it is time to go for us. So, uh, brilliant to chat, as always, love it. And thanks, everyone, and I will see you next time. Great stuff. Cheers, mate, and thanks to everyone out there for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. Bye.